The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He's the co-founder and vice president of Value Investment Partners, Mr. Lee Johnson. Lee, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Cody, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, listen, the pleasure is all mine. I've been thoroughly enjoyed talking to you off camera. And I know at some point in time, folks, we're going to record some of that, but not today. Uh, Lee, thanks so much for joining us. For the folks listening at home, seeing your face for the first time, give us your origin story. How, you know, where you're from, how you got into real estate and what you're kind of doing these days. Well, you know, I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey. So, you know, that's home. You know, whenever I go back there, I'm always amazed at how Jersey City has transformed itself. But I was one of those kids who was always looking for something that I could do that would be just a little bit different. And I can remember being up late at night, getting one of those Carlton Sheets commercials and I didn't have any money to pay for it at the time, but I found me a job and I bought those cassette tapes and those VHSs. And that's what started me on my journey into real estate. I, I, I had to figure out, well, how is it that somebody is able to buy money, well, buy houses with no money down? I didn't think it was possible. And for many years after watching those uh, cassettes and v- VHSs, I still didn't believe it was possible, right? You got you to gotta find a sweetheart deal with a very motivated seller in order to buy it with no cash down. But hey, that was how I got into real estate. So, you know, that's in my teen years. But then I went to college, right? I got my bachelor's of science in computer science and I did the whole work-life thing played around with a little bit of Amway, but I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad those many years ago. And that's a classic book that actually showed me that there's another way that you can make income without having to, you know, spend 40 hours a week. And and 40 hours is probably the floor nowadays. Right. Everybody's probably spending 40 plus hours in their nine to five. But that's how I got into real estate. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I, I, I was just following a path, purchased the property with some family members in, in Wilmington, Delaware, probably 2005. And things were working good up to about 2008, 2009. And uh, we lost that property. One of the songs that you hear, my wife listens to this station in the Washington, D.C. area, is when you fall down, you have to get back up, right? And fortunately for me, I was able to get back up, traveled the world for, I was working for Accenture at the time and went to South Africa for a couple of years, went to Singapore for another couple of years and came back a married man. And I had to figure out what it was that I was going to do for my family so that I could build generational wealth. But also, I had significant experience from that hardship that I had experienced in 2009 when we lost that property, right? So those lessons learned, I've built into the business that we have today, 
where we started out doing fix and flips and did several of those and enjoyed it, learned a bunch, and then moved on into multifamily investing because we were looking for assets to offset our active income. And eventually that led me to Gene Tobridge's, it's a whole different business, and learned about syndication. And I said, syndication, this is something that I could do day in and day out. And from that point in time in 2017, we started investing our own capital into these syndications. And 22 syndications later, where we have a growing and thriving business that's just focused on, at this point, value-add multifamily. We haven't explored, well, we've explored just a little bit about opportunistic in core and core plus, but right now value-add seems to be where things are. And this year, well, last year, since it's in January, 2022, we've had a couple of exits and those exits have shown great equity multiples. So, you know, success always leaves behind a clue. And the clue is do more of this. So we're focused on in the middle of our whiteboard. We have real estate as the primary source of income. And we have a two-year time ticker on that. And once we get there, you know, it's going to be real estate full-time. I absolutely love it. You know, it it's always amazing to me to hear everyone's origin story because many of us don't come from a family or growing up in real estate, you did a little bit more than I think most uh, being as interested as you were at a young age, but it just goes to show that we can do anything, get into real estate at any time, as long as you have the drive, the passion, and most importantly, the knowledge to, to get into that. So Lee, I, I love it. And, you know, we could probably expand a lot upon what you just said with a, with your career that you've already had thus far, but talk to me about some of the unsuccesses you've had that have made you successful and, and lessons you've learned along the way from those unsuccesses? Well, when it comes to real estate, and I am not negative against doing business with family. However, I would say if you're going to do business with family, treat business with family as a business, right? Create the entity, create the LLC or whatever it is that you're going to trade under. Create the operating agreement so that you know how things are going to be handled, how monies are going to be distributed, who is responsible for this, that, and the other, because it is a, a business and you don't want to get into one of those situations where things went negative with the business and all of a sudden the family has been impacted. I'm a big valuer of, of family and what comes along with that. And today, if I were to get into a business transaction with a family member, I'm in the business transaction with my wife, to be perfectly honest with you there. If I were to go into business with another family member, I have learned that, hey, we're going to treat it like it's a business. We'll put in place whatever uh, legal documentation is necessary, and we will go from there. That's interesting, because I think a lot of people, whether it's friends or family, you've known these people for a while most likely your whole life, if it's your family, you trust these people most likely. But I think a lot of us make the mistake of we do trust them, but we don't really know them because we're not spending every waking moment with them. We don't know all of their financial situations. We don't know how they're thinking in certain situations. We don't know how they're going to think in certain situations. 
we don't know how certain things that may arise could challenge, you know, what they want to do with a property or an investment or whatever it may be. And I would imagine that's what you're talking about is making sure that all the plans, all the the breakouts, the payments, the who's going to do what are, are in a binding agreement. So there's no question. So when something, if, and when something does arise, you just go and say, well, we've already spelled this out. Absolutely. And especially when you're in business and you let's just say you guys are winning, right? Right now, multifamily is a very hot uh, asset class and you're winning. One wants to sell and the other one wants to hold it a little bit longer. Now, this is an argument and, you know, arguments can go to instances where you don't talk for five years. If that's your friend or your brother, your sister, five years is a lot of time when you think about longevity and lifespans. Five years is too much time to be wasted on not communicating with each other. And one of the things that we try to teach on our platform is the fact that when people go into starting these businesses, they should be building the business using its own credit versus using their own. Too often, people will go to Capital One or some other place and get another credit card, and that shows up on their personal credit profile. But it's all business debt. And that has two negative effects. One is, as you're trying to get financing for your personal life, it messes up your debt ratio. So they're going to want to charge you more in interest because of it. But the second piece that I don't know if many people consider as they're starting in business is that 90% of businesses fail in the first five years. And you don't want to be straddled with that business debt on your personal ledger if things should happen to go south, if you are a member of that 90% versus the 10% who were able to have that longevity. But furthermore, you have to realize that in this time span, companies don't last as long as they used to. And there's an IBM graph that I share with my team where I talk about in 1960, the average tenure of a company was about 60 years. By 2025, it's going to be between 12 and 15 years. Something to think about as you're going forward and you're doing your planning. No more golden watches, huh? Those days are long gone. You you remember when people used to talk about golden watches, lifelong pensions, and things of that sort. You know, you put 30 or 40 years into the company and the company is going to look out for you at the time when you need the most. Put in your time and they made a promise to you. But, you know, it is what it is when companies file bankruptcy Mm -hmm. and they tend to have not funded the pension at the schedule that they were supposed to fund it at. And that's what happens. And it's unfortunate, right? I mean, it's unfortunate. See it all. See it on the news. It's it's never a great situation. And I think circling back to the idea of doing doing business with friends and family, I see posts like this on bigger pockets frequently. How do I structure? How should I structure? I'm going into business with some friends. I'm going into business with my brother or my sister or my aunt. How, you know, what should I do? When you're looking at that and you're thinking about your example of one wants to sell, one wants to, to hold, how do you determine ahead of time 
who gets to make that decision? What's your recommendation for people to help get to a point where somebody has that, that ability to say yes or no on that type of situation? Well, when it comes to any entity structure, especially most, most models that people are using is an LLC. And it's basically based upon who has the majority shares and 51% gets you there. You can come up inside of your operating agreement with any structure of voting rights, et cetera, as to how that final decision gets made. But that's why you have your operating agreement so that when everything's cool, everything's calm, everything's collected, we have come to an agreement beforehand as to how we were going to dispose of this asset or how we were going to carry forward with distributions. One may want a return of capital, one has a return on capital. Those are two different models that over a five-year time frame can have significant a- uh, aspects on the, on the return from an investment for the investor as well as for the management team. So those are things that I think you want to have buttoned up before you move into a situation where it's a little bit contentious. It's better to have that contention up front when things aren't hitting the fan, when tensions aren't high. You're still in that honeymoon phase of, man, we want to do this. It's a great idea. It's a great opportunity. Go ahead and get that stuff, You know, even if it's a little tough up front. And, and, and you mentioned it way early on. Communication is key. Talk to your partner. Talk to you. I don't care if they're your your family, your friend, or you know somebody you met at a conference. Communication is key, and, and if you're not openly, if you don't have open channels of communication, then that's your first breakdown. Make sure that you have open channels of communication. You understand how each one feels and thinks about certain things, and that you're you're putting all that on the table. Get that done up front to your point because it's much easier to do it then than when the stakes are high or or the challenge has arisen. And, and you got to work through it then, then it's even more complicated. It's much easier to let cooler heads prevail, as they say, right? Absolutely. Much easier to let cooler heads prevail. Well, Lee, I think that's as good enough spot as ever to kind of wrap up and, and put a bow on things. I think that's invaluable information. I know a lot of people, whether that I've met them or, or even seen, like I said, on Bigger Pockets LinkedIn, talking about doing business with friends and family. And I can't implore you enough to get that kind of stuff. Being married to a lawyer, I think I'm obligated to say you should get that stuff in writing, but definitely get that stuff done and, and buttoned up ahead of time to your point, Lee. So thank you for, for coming on and talking about that. For those that want to learn from you, work with you, uh, invest with you, what's the best place people can find you at? The best place to find us is on our website. You know, there's our calendar there, our access to our YouTube channel, which we're redoing. And that URL is value investmentpartners.com because we always want to be delivering value. And we talked about that, Cody, before is, is how it is that we can bring value to others. Perfect. Well, we'll drop that link in the show notes for everyone to quickly access it. We highly recommend you go to the website, check out all the YouTube content. Lee, again, thank you so much for joining us. Incredibly valuable topic. And we really much appreciate the time. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening and watching at home. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.